Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I call this an in-betweener, an in-betweener message. Uh, it's uh, it's, uh, it's uh, one of those things that I just feel from the Lord has been brewing in my spirit for a while. And it's not a series. I mean, I don't know if the Lord was going to turn into a series. Uh, so I plan, I'm planning on starting a new series next week. But this is something that I'm calling, are you ready for this? Peace on purpose. You could have peace because you intercede a lot and because you're having a lot of difficulties and you're in a desperate situation and you're crying out and you're crying out and all chaos is happening on you. I know you're not the, you know, that doesn't happen to you. I know it only happens to me. But there's chaos sometimes that happens in our lives. And when we have chaos, we become desperate and we cry and we pray and we fast. And in time, God will give us peace. That is good. But you know that there is a possibility to have peace on purpose while the chaos is happening. And you go to bed and you're like. (sighs) And you sleep like a baby while the storm is raging. Oh, I'm speaking to somebody, right? So I've titled this piece on purpose based on the story that everyone has read in this room. Now I want you to see the story from a new lens because I, I do, I, I only have like uh, a couple of notes that I want to share and some scriptures, but I want to encourage you. Are you ready? I, I want to encourage you. Are you ready? In the NLT verse 35, please let this speak to you where you're at in your chaos or in your situation uh, can I preach right now? Or in your family dynamic, in your marriage, in your relationship with people, in your job, I'm going to tell you that it's possible to go through all these things and still have peace on purpose. And what's on purpose is that it's very intentional, even when you know the storm is raging in your life, and you could sleep like a baby. If we take clues from the life of Jesus when all chaos was running or all around him, Look at what it says. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, oh, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. I want you to hear that. He goes, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So Jesus took, so they took Jesus in the boat and started started out by leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. That always happens to Jesus. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill the boat with water. Watch this, guys. Here's on purpose. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. He wasn't just sleeping. He grabbed a cushion, and he slept. He slept, steeped. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, or peace in another version, peace. Be still, silence. Say silence. Silence. Say peace. Peace. Be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do Do you still have no faith? Now, guys, look at me for a second. I believe that we could have peace on purpose Every single day. Now, I can be honest with you. I failed that test just this morning. <laughs> there are some things that, little minor things that were not going our way. You know, uh, Raphael came into the office and he, uh, my printing job was wrong. And I was just like, oh, I can't stand this. I'm, I'm trying to print it. I'm trying to get the password. And then Lewis came in. I go, not now, Lewis. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> 
I say that to say, I failed the test already. But what I'm saying to you is that as you grow in the Lord, you, you will pass more tests. Because I recognize, I saw myself, I was like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm going to go back to being peaceful on purpose. Now watch why I say this to be peaceful on purpose. During the biggest hurricane, let, let's call it a hurricane, a storm, it is, it is documentally um, known that that specific storm that the disciples faced was probably the biggest they ever faced in their life in the natural. They were in a boat. So imagine Irma coming, right, the hurricane coming, or whatever the last one was. Pepe. <laughs> what was it? What was the last hurricane? Dorian. So imagine Dorian coming, and we're getting all the gas and all the stuff, and you're not in the house. You're in a boat in the sea. So imagine this storm coming, right? The storm is raging, the tropical storm, the hurricane is coming, and Jesus was sleeping on purpose. Now, now you say, how, how, how do you know it's on purpose? Before I do that, is this. If you have peace because you've interceded, that's good. If you have peace because uh, time passed by and then eventually you had peace, that's good. But what if you had peace all the time? Ah. Oh. How, how, how would your life look, what would your life look like if you're not thinking of a million things every single time and you just have peace in your mind all the time? Those of you who are multi-talented, your, your brain is always working. And it's hard to have peace. Or you're, you're going through life and things are happening, you're thinking about this decision and thinking about that decision, and, and, and it's like, wait a minute, how can I have peace? But I believe Jesus had peace on purpose. Why was it on purpose? Not because he's the king of kings, not because he's the prince of peace, not because he's God. Because as a man, Jesus said, you know what, I know. Did you, did you not think he knew the storm was coming? He knew the storm was coming and going to go, I am going to go to sleep. I'm going to go and find the back of the boat, which, which, which is more spacious, and I'm going to find me. It wasn't like he's like, oh, man, I'm so tired from ministry. Where is that? I'm just going to lie down right here for a little bit and take a little nap. No, he goes, I'm going to get a pillow. I'm going to get a, a cushion. The storm's coming, and I'm going <laughs> to. And Jesus, while he was sleeping, that's when the storm came. Look at this prophetic analogy. While he's resting and being peaceful, knowing that the storm is coming, everyone else is freaking out in the boat. <laughs> Oh my God, Jesus. Oh my God, Jesus. Oh my God, my anxiety is going to turn off. Oh my God. Oh my God, the printer's not working. PG. Uh, oh my God, the, the, the paper's not working right. Oh my God, the, the, the service is not doing this. Oh my God, my, my children, my boss, my work. All these things are happening. Jesus, don't you care that we're drowning? And he's like, Jesus, wake up. Don't you see the, 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 the winds are coming? And before I go to that rest of the story, I want you to say, I want you to know that Jesus sleeping and on purpose with a cushion, I love that, with a cushion, he was purposely resting. Jesus purposely resting during the biggest storm of the disciples' lives is a prophetic picture of he acts every time we go crazy and freak out. It's a prophetic picture of what Jesus is doing in heaven every time we look at each other like, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do this? Look at my this. Look at my daughter. Look at my son. Look at my marriage. Look at my, my affliction. Look at my this. And we're going crazy. Don't you care, Jesus? I've been praying. And he's going, it's going to be all right. You know why? You know why? 
Now, now how, do, how do I know why he said that? Not only because he's God. Are you ready for this? It's because he had a secret that he was trying to share the, to, to the disciples during the midst of the storm that it is okay to sleep in the middle of the biggest storm, not because he's God. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Because we missed something in the beginning of the scripture that even me, I used to breeze by the scripture and I used to focus on the storm, but the Lord said, focus on the very thing that I said. This is why he was able to sleep. Are you ready? Not only because he's God, not only because he said, he didn't say in the beginning, let us take a boat to the middle of the lake. He didn't say, let's take a boat and let's go around the lake. He said, guys, we're going to get into the boat and we're going to cross over the other side of the lake. In other words, you're not shouting because you're not getting it. In other words, whatever I speak out of my mouth, it will eventually come to pass no matter what the journey is before that destination gets there. What happens is if I said I'm going to go on the other side of the lake, no matter what happens in the beginning of the journey or the middle the journey. If I said it, we will eventually get there together. Yes. And I saw that from a different lens. I said, this is the reason why Jesus, other than he's powerful, other than he knows it all, other than he's God, right, is because he knew a principle. Whatever comes out, my mouth shall complete whatever it accomplishes and it will not return void Unto me. He said, listen, from the beginning, guys, I'm going to tell you, we are going to make it to the other side. But I'm not going to tell you that in the beginning and the middle of your journey, you're going to go through some battles. That's why I could go to sleep because I already know the outcome. I said something. Listen, I said something and it's going to be all right. We all have experienced or currently experiencing personal storms in our life, emotional storms in our life, financial storms in our, in our life. And the Lord is saying, if I, watch this, if I spoke to you in the past, if I spoke to you currently, if my word spoke to you in some sort of way, if you have confirmation that my voice reached you about a certain thing, don't worry about the waves. It's going to try to knock you out, and sometimes it will knock you down. But I'm going to tell you, if I said it, we're going to go to the other side together. Oh. Now, wh why? Wh watch this. I, I, I say this because I want you to see Isaiah 55, verse 10, which I just quoted. Jesus being the word, right? He's the word, but he also knew the word, right? The Bible says he had, even from a young age, he had to study and pray. And as a man, he had to continue to get the word in him, even in the world was the word. How do I know that? Because Jesus being the word had to use the word to rebuke the devil. He didn't use... He, he, didn't, he didn't use experience like some of us charismatics. You know what, devil, I'm having a bad day. And you know what, last month I went to the third heavens and I saw the Lord and I had a vision, or, or even I had vision of angels. So you better back off, devil. You better back off. You know that I, I intercede every time. You know I see angels every now and then. Jesus didn't defeat the devil by an experience. He defeated the devil by thus saith the Lord. You come to me? Okay, fine. Even though I'm the word, I'm going to use the word right now. It is written. Hey, 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 why don't you just worship me? It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Get behind me, Satan. 
Get behind me. No, 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 you worship me. No, 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 no. Let me give you the word, and then you'll flee. <laughs> right? So watch this. Look at what Jesus, sorry, the Lord, uh, in the Old Testament said in Isaiah 55. Look at, put that scripture up there. For as the rain comes down, this is going to encourage somebody. Has God spoken to you in something? Write it down. Even though the storm is raging, you will get to the other side if you do not give up. But here's the key. Did the Lord speak? If the Lord didn't speak, then you have a, you have a different issue. Right? As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower. In other words, saying he's saying, it's like, have you guys ever seen snow or rain come down and it instantly come back up? He goes, no. Once it comes down, it can never go back up. It will accomplish what it's been said to do from the clouds. Now watch this. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 11. So shall my word, come on, my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish. Come on, say accomplish. What will be accomplished? His word. So it shall be accomplished what I please, and it will prosper in the thing, watch this, that I sent it to do. Some of you, the Lord spoke to start a business or start a ministry, and he spoke into existence without you knowing, and he put it in your heart, and you then responded, and you said, yes, Lord. And then and he said, look, I'm going to do, accomplish what I said to do in the invisible realm, and eventually you will see it in the, in the natural. But when we get in the storm, we start freaking out and start going to Jesus about, did you tell me to start this? Did you tell me to, to, to reconcile this relationship? Because every time I try to reconcile this relationship, they get madder at me. When you go to somebody and the Lord tells you you need to go to somebody, it's don't, go for their, uh, don't, go, don't go for your sake, go for their sake. Because when you go for their sake, your heart will be free at the same time. And so here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. He's like, I already said that I'm going to the other side of the lake. Some of you, you need to hear this because I feel in my spirit that the Lord spoke to you guys about something and currently you're in the middle of a storm, probably opposite of what the Lord spoke to you. Isn't it interesting that every time that God speaks something to us, sometimes all hell breaks loose in our lives? Every single time, you know, and, and, and I said this uh, yesterday uh, in, in the conference, I said every time we try to exit Egypt, there's always a Red Sea in front of us trying to t stop us from exiting Egypt. Egypt is symbolic of the world, the worldly lifestyle. Every time here's the children of Israel exiting out of, uh, uh, of Egypt after 400 years of bondage. And they left and like, finally, we're leaving. Watch this. We're doing what the Lord promised years ago. There was a deliverer. It was Moses. It's happening. We're here. We're the recipients of 400 years of bondage. And we get to get out. Oh, hallelujah. We're getting out. And they see a Red Sea, an insurmountable moment in their lives that is a last-ditch effort for them to go back to Egypt. Everybody in your life, you will be spoken to do something or to exodus something or to follow something. And when you actually make a decision to do that, you will find a Red Sea. Now, a Red Sea may be a financial difficulty when you get to that point. Listen, we know the end of the story, but Moses didn't. Moses was not like, hey, it's not like the Lord told him a secret. Say, hey, listen, don't tell anybody. But you're going to lead about three million Jews into this water. But listen, it's, don't, don't worry about it. Everyone's going to freak out. 
but you know, I'm just I'm gonna supernaturally split the ocean. Okay, God, yeah, because I've never seen that before, but thank you. Okay, it's gonna happen. <laughs> he was just like the rest of them. He's like, and if you read the Bible, it's like, God, did you lead me here to kill me? And you know what God was doing? I don't have a pillow. I was searching for a pillow. <laughs> and finally, he let them all make a ruckus. And as, you, as a matter of fact, if you read the Bible, they were there. Some of them said, we, were, we had it better in Egypt. You owe. You will convince yourself when things don't happen in your time that it was better when, it, when you weren't serving the Lord. It was better. Yeah, because when you serve the Lord, those who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. Sometimes he's testing our faith. Moses did not know the end of the story. But we read the end of the story, we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Do you realize that was the, probably the greatest miracle of our age? Can you imagine going to the Red Sea and actual thousands of depths of, of water splitting up and they're walking on dry ground? Let me tell you something. You know why that happened? Are you ready for this? Because if God said it, eventually, if you just stay faithful, it will come to pass. Now, do you think that deliverance came in, in the way that Moses thought? No, but God spoke it. You're going to be delivered. I'm just not going to tell you how. You're, go, you're going to be free, but just keep walking. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Some of you are about to give up. You're in a Red Sea moment, but God spoke to you. And soon enough, he'll split the Red Sea for you. He split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I could stand and sing, I am a child of God. You know what Philippians says in chapter 1, verse 6? I think I'm preaching to myself. Philippians 1 verse 6, you know what it says, guys? Listen, I want you to take a, a, a snapshot picture of this. I am certain. I, I could just preach on that. Paul the Apostle says, listen, guys, before I even tell you that God is going to come through for me, I want you to know that I'm not halfway sure about that. I am certain. I am 100, you know, there's a, there's a script that says, I am fully persuaded. In other words, Jesus said, listen, I'm going to persuade you. No matter what happens, you're going to confess this out of your mouth. Okay, Lord, what happens when you have a revelation that God's going to come through even when hell, hell is breaking loose? You will have peace on purpose. You, you will just calm down and everyone will look at you freaked out like, how can you be so calm? Because you, you, you say, I know that I know that I know that God spoke to me. So either, either let God be true and every man a liar or he's going to actually do what he says. In his timing. Watch this. I'm certain that God who began. The good work with you will continue his work until it's finally finished. Let's cross over to the other side. The problem with the disciples is they, they, they didn't know that they were probably 80% on the other side. They couldn't see because it was pitch dark. It was pitch dark. It was a storm. Nobody knew. And they're like, oh. And then, but if God could open their spiritual eyes, maybe a hundred yards away, it was safety and land. And they almost were there. But they were freaking out. And that's why years ago I used to say, Jesus, man, calm down. Why are you so hard on them? 
Like, think about it. Think about you guys going to the storm. Like, ah, like real storm, not fake storm. Like, real water. You're about to sink. The biggest storm of your life. And some of you are, like, even swallowing water. And you see Jesus not being active. Oh, I'm going to preach for a second here. How would you respond? You want to you know, uh, know how humanity gets idols in your heart? Oh, man, you don't want me to preach this. Humanity gets idols in their heart when God takes his time, and it's not on your timing. You say, you say where, do you, where do you get that from? In the Bible, the Old Testament, when Moses came up to the mountain to meet with God, and they just crossed over the Red Sea. I mean, I'm talking about they just crossed over a miracle. There's no way that a calf could do that. There's no way a bling bling from your neck could do that. Are you crazy? But yet they were convinced because they said, I don't know what's happening with this Moses. Watch this. He's taking time. We're irritable. We want an answer right now. Like little uh, children that need a spanking, which I'm, which I'm going to talk to you about in a second. You, you watch, watch. I'm, it's all going to make sense. So, so he just kind of like, they kind of like, he was meeting with God, and they said, listen, listen, listen. We don't know what happened with this Moses. Watch this. Watch how idols creep up when God doesn't show up in our timing. He said, he, they said, let's construct an, a, a, a calf out of gold based on the bling on your neck and on your wrist and on your hands. So they told, every, could you imagine if I told you, hey, every, everybody give me, give me, give, give Pastor Keith all your bling. <laughs> All your gold, all your stuff. What is it for? Don't worry. Don't worry. God has taken a long time to provide financially for the church. So the Lord is just going to use all the bling here to provide for the church. And that's going to be the deliverer now. You think that's dumb, but they actually convinced themselves that that millions of people convinced. Can you imagine certain people being like, I can't believe I'm the one who told them that they could do this. Watch this. Idols. Was, what, was, what was the golden calf? It was birth because God didn't show up when they wanted to. So when he's sleeping in the boat of your house and all things are happening, that's when you and I start creating idols in our heart. And sometimes if you're in ministry or business, you'll create an Ishmael instead of an Isaac. An Ishmael is a byproduct of I don't like waiting for God to give me a baby. Isaac is the promised one. Oh, yeah, you're going to have one, but it's going to be until you're 99. Abraham, until you'll be 99 years old, and Sarah's going to be 90. <laughs> what, you're laughing? This is what God is saying to us in our community. If he said it, we're going to go to the other side. Don't abort or produce an Ishmael just because it's taking longer than when you thought it would take. If God spoke, this is the key. If God spoke, keep professing it. Keep waiting. Keep asking for wisdom. And suddenly, suddenly, I love suddenly moments. Saul of Tarsus was coming and he was... He was on the road to Damascus, and he was about to kill Christians. The Bible said, suddenly. Look it up. Suddenly a light shone. Disrupted his plans. They were praying in the upper room, and suddenly. 
See, what were they doing? They were continuing to be faithful in the things that God told them. Paul wasn't faithful, but it was in his story, he had a silent, you're going to cross over the other side of the Damascus. In the middle, I'm going to encounter you, though. You don't know that, though. Say amen. amen. Say this after me. Say, no storm will alter or change God's original plan for my life. No storm, no storm. Listen, listen. You say, well, it has in my life. It's because you've, uh, you've gave up too short. It's because maybe you, you did not wait for the provision of the Lord. I used to think the Lord was in compassion. It was lack of, lacking mercy when he rebuked those people. Could you imagine you guys are almost dying? I'm like, and you're like, oh, 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 oh. And, and, and we stopped the, 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 the red, I mean, the, the, the storm. And you would think, like, Jesus would be like, you okay? Come here, come here, come here. Stand up, stand up. You okay? You okay, papi? You okay? Yeah. You okay? You okay? Everything's good? Oh, my God, bendito, you're really good. You almost, you almost drowned. You all right? Jesus didn't say that. He goes, you have little faith. Why are you afraid? <laughs> I used to think, Jesus, calm down a little bit. You know, like, what's going on? Until I realized they should have known because I said we're going to the other side. Are you, re are you ready for this? This is some good preaching this morning. You want, you want, you want me to give you an actual uh, example of when Jesus was walking about this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Look at that scripture. Put that scripture up there. Oh my God. I, look at Matthew chapter 8. I'm glad I preached this morning. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Look at this. Look at, look at, look at this. Look at this. Listen, this is why he expected the, the disciples and us not to freak out. And watch this. Have peace on purpose. Say that with me. Say peace, peace. on purpose. Say peace, peace on purpose. Now I want you to prophetically look at your storm and speak to that. Peace on purpose. Say this prophetically. I'm going to sleep well in the middle of my storm because I know God already spoke to me. And he gave me his promise. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, look, look at this, a centurion came. Not even someone part of the religious a group. He was a centurion guard. Had a hundred people that was in charge of. Watch this. He came to him pleading with him. Look at this, guys. Look at this. You're going to shout. Saying, Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come. Watch this. This is, this is, the, this is the spoken word. Ready? Ready? I will come and heal him. It's over. It's over. Now watch this. No matter what distraction happens in the middle, because there were, no matter what happens in the, in the, in the beginning or the middle, that if Jesus said, I will heal him, just trust that eventually is going to cross to the other side and heal him. Now watch this. I will come and heal him. The centurion said, hey, Jesus, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. And my servant will be healed. You, you, you don't even have to come to my roof. Why? Watch this. Why? Because he understood what a lot of Christians don't understand. It's the authority of God's word. How do I know that this centurion knew more about the authority of the spoken word of God and the promise of if God spoke it, he's going to happen than most Christians? Because look what he said. Because he was also a person of authority. 
Look at this. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Look at verse 9 and 10. Look, for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to Paco, come, and Tico, go. And he said, and he goes. Watch this. And another one comes, and another one goes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. Watch this, watch this. When Jesus heard it and said to those who follow, surely I said to you, I have not found such faith, watch this, modern day language, in the church. I haven't, I haven't seen this kind of faith from Holy Ghost talk, tongue talking, Holy Ghost shakers falling down, people of God. But I'm getting it from this centurion. Why? Because he knew if I said something, stop freaking out about everything. Some of us, some of us need to. Uh, hmm. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something that actually goes to my message. Some of us need a spiritual pow pow. For, for those non-Spanish speaking people, pow, pow pow means a spanking. Right? But watch, you're gonna, you think I'm going to laugh, but you watch this, watch this, watch this. The reason why it was so successful, look at this, look at this, look at this. I, I'm going to say this, I'm going to freak you out here. Do you know what the word silence means in the Greek? When Jesus rose up, are you ready? Are you ready? And he rebuked the storm and he said, silence, peace be still. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I got to go down here, I got to go down here. Now watch this. In the Greek, it, it, it's equivalent, I look it up, of a parent shutting up the mouth of a rambunctious child that's throwing a tantrum and making them mute. I looked that up from the Greek lexicon of the word silence and peace. I'm going to say it again. It's equivalent to a parent shutting up. When he said silence, he was giving the, the, the storm that was acting all foolish a pow pow. No, it gets, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Because I looked up, oh my. I looked up the word. I'm looking right here. G4623. So you guys want to look that up. In the Greek lexicon, are you ready? Are you ready for this? The Greek word for silence or peace is siopao. So bow, 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 bow. Even the Greek is good. The Lord wants to do that so he can say, listen, you're rambunctious. You have no faith right now. You're freaking out right now. Listen, I have all authority in my word. Stop messing around. I'm going to give you a bow, bow. Silence. Be quiet. Shut up. Sometimes he says it to the storm, but sometimes he says it to us. I'm preaching good here this morning. Because some of them, oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. I love that. He, he, did, he gives papaos all the time in the, in the Bible. <laughs> but his papaos are not like our papaos. <laughs> your papao is, how can you do that? You, you good for nothing. Go to your room. I'm going to give papao. <laughs> Jesus, gives, Jesus gives a papao. To correct erratic behavior so we could grow up. 
the purpose of the sipao. Look it up. Silence. He, when, he, when Jesus, look, I want, I want the worship team to come up here. <laughs> that means you're enjoying the, the message, right? When Jesus got out of the boat, the Bible in the Greek is C-I-A-P-E-A-O. And it's pronounced, because I did the pronunciation, C-O-P-A-O. Pao. And literally, the definition of the Greek means as to shut up or mute a child, as if to the Greek, to mute a child that is rambunctious and throwing a tantrum. Come on, parents, you know what you do when your child is throwing a tantrum. What? Okay, when your child is throwing a tantrum, right? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you spank them or correct them because, because you don't want them to be your child anymore? Or, or do you spank them so that so they could keep on being rebellious? The purpose is that even though it hurts you, you're trying to bring correction into them. You know what the Bible in Hebrew says? We are illegitimate sons and daughters if we are without correction. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, it says no, listen, no correction or, or chastening. <laughs> Sorry, that's some, some people just got flashbacks, right? <laughs> the, the, come on, I just went to the encounter. <laughs> they got to go to another journey weekend. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, papi, no, papi, mommy, no. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, okay, okay, so, so Hebrews, look it up. No chastening is joyful for the moment, but painful. He actually says it's painful. He's like, look, I ain't going to try to hide. The papa is coming. It's a little painful because you're so erratic in your faith. God spoke to you, and now you're acting all crazy and all rambunctious because, because you have no AC or because something's happening in your family. Or something. Jesus is going. Watch this. Watch this. He says, no chastening is joyful for the present, but painful. Are you ready for this? But afterwards, it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. <laughs> trained by what? Trained by his loving pow pows. Every not, look, I'm not endorsing a, a, a correction here. What I'm saying is part of the process. Because sometimes, sometimes he's got to calm the storm, but sometimes he's got to calm us. And we, so worship team, literally, you could come up here. (laughs) Guys, look up the word silence and peace in the Greek in that story. Those theologians out there, I give you permission. Look up the Greek word, and it literally means muting, muting. A situation or a person that is throwing a tantrum. Listen to me. I'm, going, I'm closing literally soon and very soon. <laughs> In all seriousness, many of us are going through storms. And if we could be honest with ourselves, we're throwing tantrums. Come on, come on. Just let, the, let that hit. Let that hit. I'm speaking to myself too. You know what, I, you know what, what, what Eli, I, 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 when I, remember when I told you it's all over the Bible about Papaos? Let me give you one other example, right? Here's Elijah. He just called down fire. Killed 400 prophets of Baal, right? 
My man was praying that morning. <laughs> Called down fire. I mean, like fire. And he even made it hard on God. He goes, you know what? Throw more water on there. Go ahead. Go throw, throw more water. Throw it another time. Throw it another time. Let's make it hard on God. Whoever answers by fire is the real God. Now, put yourself in your situation. If God used you like that, I'll be like Superman or Sotolongo coming out, right? I mean, if, if God used you, seriously, and you had all these false prophets, and you're like, watch this. I'm going to prove to you who's the real God. And God answers your prayers through fire. Wouldn't you be like, I've seen him move. He's moved the mountains. I believe he'll do it again, right? Well, this same man of God who just called on fire, Jezebel said, let the gods be unto me if by this time tomorrow you won't be like one of them. You're going to be dead. Now, you would think Elijah, who just called on fire, saying, Lady, I just called on fire for 400 false prophets of Baal. You're nothing but a little, little flea. He goes, <gasps> intimidated. Watch this, watch this. God spoke. He was in the middle of the lake, and something happened, and he got afraid. Hear me? Are you hear me? He's going out. Here's the papa, ready? Going out. And then the Lord, he's so merciful to us. Even while he corrects us, he feeds us. <laughs> he's going the opposite direction. And the angel of the Lord says, here, keep, take this so you could go another 40 days opposite my will. Go ahead. Let's go. So he goes, he's sitting there and he's, he hears a big earthquake. And the Bible says, the Lord was not in it. See, sometimes we hear sounds that we think is from the Lord. And it's not the Lord. Sometimes... Sometimes those sounds are circumstances in our life, and we think because everything is dried up that God never spoke. So we hear sounds, huh? No, that's not the Lord. There's fire, rain, whatever. The Bible says three times it wasn't the Lord, and then all of a sudden, watch this, he waited. We're talking about the word, right? Then a still small voice came. He said, what are you doing here? Now watch this. Are you ready for this? Sipao. I'm the only one. I'm zealous for the Lord, and, and the reason, and he was. He, I'm zealous for the Lord. I did everything that you told me to do. Spoke. Watch. He was having a moment just like the disciples, just like that. You spoke to me, God. How many have ever felt that way? You spoke to me, God, and, and I've done everything you tell me to do. And all hell's breaking loose. And the Lord is just listening. Okay. Keep talking. And then, and then, and then all the other stuff, they're, now they're trying to kill me. And by the way, I'm like the only one still serving you. My watch, my family's not serving you anymore. My friends are not serving you. I'm the only one. I'm holding it down. God goes, hey, listen. I want you to do this. I want you to return. I'm going to take you up. I want you to go ahead and anoint Eli, Eli shut in your place. And then he's going to anoint Jehu. He's going to take care of Jezebel for me. But I have one thing I got to tell you. Here's the papao. I've reserved 7,000 other people that have not bowed their knee to Baal. In other words, don't think you're the only one going through problems. Don't think you're the only one going through pain. You know what gives people authority? I'm going to give you a little secret that we'll teach you in Bible school. When you walk through something and still are standing, every time you speak, you have much authority over that. I love people that just got saved. 
But if you just hear someone just got saved, never walked through something, you're not going to relate. You need people that have walked through something, that have taken and licking and keep on ticking. And they don't give up. These people, even me, with afflictions that I've had now for a year, I show up every week, every time. Sometimes my affliction is, is bad, really bad. Sometimes it's very tolerable. But guess what? I have more authority because I'm walking through something. And I want to say this in closing, is that the last reason why we can have peace on purpose, and I'm going to leave you with this last scripture. The last reason that we can have peace on purpose is because, are you ready for this revelation? The entire time they were going through the storm, the Son of God was in the boat with them. It wasn't just his words that we're going to cross over the other side. The son, what, what's going to happen? Are you going to kill the Son of God? Are you, are you, so you think that the boat is going to drown and kill Jesus? Can I say this to you? There's a New Testament principle. If you're born again, the Bible says not sometimes. He's with you all the time. That's how you can have peace on purpose when all chaos is happening. Look at the last scripture that we're going to pray. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 28. Watch this. We, don't, don't desensitize yourself because you've heard this before, but look at the last, little last verse here. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Watch this. This is beautiful. Next verse. Verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I've given you, and be sure of this. Say, be sure of this. Say, be sure of this. Say, I am sure of this. I am with you. Not sometimes. Not when you're praying right. Not when you're fasting right. Not when you're preaching good. Not when you're consecrating yourself only. I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age. So when you're going through something, know that if he said we're going to go to the other side, if he spoke it, his words are not going to return void to you. But also know even if you don't feel he's not there, he's with you always. Oh, hallelujah. I said he's with you always, even through the relational problems, even through the business problems, even through the ministry problems, even through the backsliding problems, even through the prodigal son and daughter problems, even through the financial difficulties. I'm with you always. Stand up. Oh, Jesus, I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord. I want everyone to lift up your hands right now before the Lord. We're going to worship this, this today, but how many want to have, honestly, because I feel this all over me. How many want to have peace on purpose? Listen, listen to me, look at me. This is not just good preaching. I want you to have true peace on purpose all the time. That doesn't mean you're a flaky Christian. That doesn't mean that you're super religious. It means like when, that there is a possibility according to scripture, that everything could be shaky around you, but you are still stable. And the way that you can have peace, listen, on purpose, watch this, look at me, I'm closing, and have a spiritual pillow like Jesus did during the, mist, during the time of his most, the raging storm, he, he slept on a, on, a, on a cushion. I want you to remember two things. Say two things. Number one, say number one. If he said it, if he spoke it, 
in the word or to my life eventually if I cooperate and partner and stay faithful it will come to pass number two he's with me always ah. let that penetrate your heart you need to hear that he's with me always one more time he's with me always lift up your hands right now to the lord come on thank you for tuning into our podcast for more information about us please visit remnantchristiancenter.com